Hello, everyone. I'm Pam Carroll. Welcome to this episode of Employment Matters. Employment Matters is a podcast series brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest and most prestigious network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms in the world. Today, I'm pleased to be joined by Marion Carls from DFDL in Vietnam, Raymond Lowe from Sharon Delamar in Malaysia, and Cynthia Chung from Deakins in Hong Kong. We've gathered these experts together today from our Asia Pacific region to present some of the hottest topics that our our employers around the world and within the region need to know about. So I want to take a pulse and uh, throw it to Cynthia. Tell me how you're doing, Cynthia, today. Thank you very, very much. Thank you, um, Pam. So we're doing well. Um, Today, we'll be talking about um, business transfers and what happens to your employees when there is a business transfer. So um, maybe I can start off with the position in Hong Kong. Business transfer is really quite an abstract term. Um, But what we meant in Hong Kong is that if there is any undertakings that's being transferred from one entity to another, um, that would be a business transfer. Maybe Raymond and uh, Marianne can tell me, is it pretty much the similar situation in your jurisdiction? It's the same position in Malaysia, essentially. You know, what it means is the business has been transferred over to the new entity as a going concern. So it's no different from Hong Kong. So Vietnam is a little bit different because uh, the Vietnamese labor code actually provides for a statutory transfer of employees, but only in the event of merger, consolidation, division of separation of a company. And bearing in mind that these concepts are construed very strictly by the labor authorities, which means that you have a company, you have a representative office, sorry, in Vietnam, and you want to transfer the employees from this representative office to another entities that you have in Vietnam, then this wouldn't fall fall under the purview of, uh, you know, the statutory transfer of employees. But maybe we'll talk about that later. Sure, that's helpful. Um, So in Hong Kong, for example, we uh, unions are not very active. We don't have collective bargainings, uh, etc. Um, so when there is a transfer of employees or transfer of um, uh, business transfer involving employees, uh, then basically um, is a purely matter of contract. So I was just wondering with uh, Malaysia and Vietnam, um, is that also the case? Um, you know, do does unions or other sort of uh, labor um, authorities have um, any uh, particular interference into these processes? A very minimal role. Uh, essentially, uh, what normally happens is that um, the unions, um, you're not required to get a consent. You know, And normally what happens is that once the, the, the business transfer is firmed up, then only the unions will be informed on that. Uh, as far as labor authorities is concerned, uh, there, there is a notification process there, but it's, it's rather minimal. So for Vietnam, uh, in the event that the transfer is statutory, so as provided by the uh, Article 45 of the Vietnamese Labor Code, the transfer is statutory, which means that the succeeding employer must transfer the employee. And the employer, the succeeding employer, may amend or supplement uh, the employment contracts. The only case where the trade union will be involved is in the event that the succeeding employer is not able to take over the employees and to pay for these employees. And then he, the employer, the succeeding employer, needs to draft what we call a labor usage plan which basically contains, uh, you know, information regarding the list of the affected employees, employees who might be terminated, and appropriate employment measures. And such labor usage plan must be negotiated and 
drafted in consulting the trade unions. In Hong Kong, we don't have um, something equivalent to, say, the UK 2P. So whenever there's a business transfer, um, we actually need to terminate the employees uh, from the old organization and re-employ them under the new organization. Um, so it's, we use the terms of transfer of employment too loosely, I think, um, but effectively it's a termination and a re-employment. Um, however, under Hong Kong law, there is actually a um, provision um, in the employment ordinance which provides that if you fulfill three of the conditions, um, uh, all three conditions, I should say, uh, then um, the old employer will not need to pay severance pay. Uh, even the employee does not actually accept the new employment. So the three conditions are, first of all, the new offer of employment has to be made no later than seven days of the effective date of termination. And secondly, the new offer of employment has to be on the same or no less favorable terms um, as the old employment. And then thirdly, the uh, new employment has to take effect no later than the effective date of the termination. So there is effectively a continuation um, of the uh, employment and a recognition of past service uh, of the employees with the old organization. Yes, uh, quite similar. Uh, in Malaysia, there's no statutory obligation for the business purchaser to make the offer employment to the employees of the business seller. Uh, however, there's a legislation in Malaysia called the Employment Determination and Layoff Benefits Regulations, which provides that if the business purchaser fails to make any offers of employment to the employees of the uh, business seller, then the business seller will be liable for termination benefits. And there are conditions there uh, quite identical to the position of uh, Hong Kong. The three conditions that the, the business purchaser would have to fulfill is that the uh, offers of employment must be no less favorable. It must be made within a, a strict window period of seven days and that the employees must be, they must not decline the offer unreasonably, uh, failing which the requirement to pay severance benefits would apply. Is there an opportunity for the employees to, if they're not in agreement with the proposed transfer? Yes, uh, they have the choice because uh, Malaysia law is structured along common law. And what it provides is that you know, the employees have a right to choice to select the new employer. And if they decline to do so, uh, by virtue of the uh, change in business ownership, their employments uh, with the existing employer will automatically terminate by operation of law. Yeah, unless, that's, that's pretty course, much, unless, yeah, unless the, the business seller uh, has uh, the opportunities for them to continue in employment. Yeah, that's pretty much the case in Hong Kong as well. But I understand that in Vietnam, that might be slightly different. Well, in terms of rights and benefits uh, acquired by the employee with the uh, previous employer and with the succeeding employer, the rule is that the employer must take the employee as, as they are. And uh, it can amend the labor contract, but uh, the law is actually silent whether the consent of the employee is required. From our practice, we generally recommend, you know, the uh, succeeding employer to get the employee's consent if he or she wants to amend the employment contract. Um, in uh, Hong Kong as well, um, uh, whilst we have this uh, particular uh, provision which allows for um, severance not to be paid, um, we, um, in most circumstances, uh, because the termination of employment always sounds very um, drastic. So uh, my experience is that uh, employers don't like using that term. So what we usually do is, um, in a, a sell of business or a transfer of business scenario, um, in practice, what we do is have a tri-party agreement um, so that 
that the um, uh, old employer would terminate the employment, but probably using you know a little bit softer tone, um, and then making the offer of new employment by the new employer at the same time. Um, and so the employee, although they will be told that they no longer have a job with the um, old employer, they would have um, a, a job with a new employer in the one letter. Um, so that obviously is practically much more user-friendly and also the employees won't have lots of papers to sign. In addition, um, we usually do this type of um, transition a little bit uh, earlier, um, if possible, in a transaction. Um, so to give full notice, just in case the employee does not actually agree uh, to the new employment. Uh, so that would not then give the employer or the old employer the obligation to have to pay any termination payments aside from the severance pay. So in your two jurisdictions, um, what would be your practical advice to the yeah. employers? Um, the practical advice that I usually offer to to employees is that um, make the offers of employment well in advance um, before the business transfer, so that the employees have the uh, you know uh, sufficient time to decide. And if the employees go over to the to the new employment, then of course uh, you'll be seen as a resignation and acceptance of a new offer. So you try to keep it simple because uh, as far as Malaysia is concerned, to try to comply the regulations, you know, the regulation eight, the seven day, the window period, it's quite onerous because you have to, you have to make sure that the notice of termination is issued um, and, and it, doesn't, it doesn't expire prior to the seven day period. So that's a, a very complicated and onerous uh, provision to fulfill. So um, that, that's one. The other issue that we normally face uh, when it comes to business transfer is what if the employees decline? Um, employment uh, from the business purchaser. Uh, would the employee continue to be there? Of course, I mentioned earlier about the provision that uh, it terminates by operation of law. Um, but what if the, the employee takes up a case in the industrial court to challenge the termination? Uh, would that be a justification for the, um, the, you know, the, the, the termination of employment? I was recently involved in a case you know, where the industrial courts in Malaysia ruled that um, Termination on business transfer, that would constitute just cause and excuse for the termination of employment. And the employees has no uh, resort to uh, payment or severance pay. Well, that seems to be a very clear yeah. um, direction from the courts. Yes, yeah. very yeah. clear. Marion, do you have recommendations that you would put forth to employees? It wouldn't be really a recommendation, but when it comes to severance pay, actually the question would arise only in the event that a labor usage plan is implemented and that the succeeding employer is not able to keep the employees. If the succeeding employee is not able to keep the employees, then he or she must let them go and pay what we call a special job loss allowance. So, yeah, this will be the question. But otherwise, we don't have this issue under Vietnamese law since the transfer is, is deemed to be statutory. So there is, need, there is a continuance of the employment relationship and no breach of, of employment contract. So no severance pay to be due. As we're um, winding down the time, I just um, from an employer standpoint, if they know that a business transfer is coming down the pike, that's going to be in their near future as they move into 2020. Uh, is there anything they should be doing now in 2019 before it takes place to either do their internal homework or begin the process? Any last takeaways for recommendations or best practices that you could share for employers? Yeah, I think uh, for employers, it's, I mean, if, if you know in particular that you're going to sell your business, then obviously it would be good to um, speak to the um, new employer as soon as possible so that, um, you know, you know which employees you would take on because there's actually no absolute obligation that the new business must take on uh, the uh, all the employees. So um, they must think ahead early, you know, 
what are you know who are the employees that they would take over and secondly um, I firmly believe in communication is very important um, clearly a lot of businesses are buying businesses because of the people. So it is important to be able to retain the people for the new employer. And very often I see in the sales and purchase agreement, that's actually one of the conditions that, you know, certain key people actually stay in the business. So I would certainly recommend employers to think ahead um, how to deal with the, you know, very sensitive uh, labor issues um, and also employee benefits as well, because there might be group benefits being provided by the old employer, which the new employer cannot actually make up for. So they will need to think of ways to entice the employee to move across and and basically agree to the new employment. So sometimes, you know, these new employment plans or employee plans uh, takes time to develop. So um, I certainly would recommend them to think ahead. Um, I, my experience is that actually many employers somehow put the employees um, uh, and, and, and it's probably the, uh, you know, what commercial lawyers do. They think of the commercial terms, etc. Uh, but the last thing they think about are the employees, which in my view, I mean, as an employer, uh, employer and as well as an employment lawyer, um, is very dangerous. And those are the kind of things that are helpful to employers to kind of give them that mental checklist of these are the things I should take into consideration. It was a very comprehensive list. Raymond, do you have anything to add briefly to that? Yes, uh, following up from what Cynthia has mentioned, I think it's very important to lay down the foundation in the uh, sale and purchase agreement. Uh, have uh, an advanced timetable, discuss, engage with the business seller, uh, and get the the, the the entire procedure of moving the employees enshrined in the sale and purchase agreement. That's very important. Marion, I'll give you the last word on yeah, the uh, so recommendations for employers. Yeah. Regarding any recommendations, so in the event that uh, this is a statutory transfer of employees, of course, it's, you know, ask the employers to anticipate whether there will be or not a labor usage plan, because it can be a quite consuming, time consuming exercise because you need to negotiate with the trade union. You need to involve also the labor authorities. So this is the first point. And uh, the last thing I wanted to highlight is that Although this is not strictly recognized under the Vietnamese labor code, we also have what we call a contractual transfer of employment, which is actually what you, Cynthia, just described. The fact that uh, it is always possible to transfer the employees, but we need to enter into a, what we call a mutual separation agreement with the employees and, if possible, a tripartite agreement and a new employment contract. And also provided, you know, that the term of the new employment contract is at least equivalent to the existing employment contract. So, yeah. We're out of time right now, but I want to thank you all for being here and sharing your expertise. I think with the growth of business development taking place in the Asia Pacific region, that the subject matter of business transfer will remain with us for quite some time. And I think that as an Employment Law Alliance, it will be a hot topic that we will need to revisit as it greatly impacts the workplace. Uh, I want to also thank our listeners for joining us today for another episode of Employment Matters. If anyone has a hot topic that impacts the workplace that they would like covered here on Employment Matters, please reach out to us at ela.law. For more information about the ELA, you can contact ELA.law. And in particular, if you want to reach out to one of the member firms represented here, I want to thank Raymond and Marion and Cynthia for sharing your expertise today. Our pleasure. Our pleasure. Thank you.